The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, and welcome to Spectrumly Speaking. I'm Becca Laurie, your house Aspie and perhaps your favorite cat mom. And I'm joined here by Dr. Kate Cody. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in New York City, and I work with kids through adults on the autism spectrum, and I supervise graduate students in training so that there are more clinicians out there who know how to support our community. Fantastic. So how was your week? Uh, my week was good. It was busy. Um, it is evaluation season in in my mm-hmm. world right now, so I feel <laughs> like I am just doing lots of evaluations and staying very busy right now. Mm-hmm. Drowning in paperwork. Yeah. Um, I am actually just home from a vacation for the first time. I actually have never been on a true vacation until this past week. So I went without a plan. I went for no reason. <laughs> I went um, with my partner and we went and, and just went to Scotland. And it was some place that I ha- was on a bucket list for very many years of places to visit. And we had the opportunity and got a really good deal and went. And it was amazing and worth it and recharging and all the things that a vacation is supposed to be. But also it made me grateful to be home. That's awesome. Well, I'm really, really glad that you were able to have that experience. Um, and finally, after having to wait so long to yeah. have that experience. So. I know. I think about it. I'm like, wow, I've been working since I was 16 years old. I've had a job ever since I was 16. I've never been on a vacation. So it was a really, um, you know, I've gone away or I've traveled, but it was always to visit family or, you know, for some other particular reason that the place was chosen, not because I just wanted to see the place. So it was great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we have an amazing guest with us today. We have Jody Murphy with us. Jody Murphy is a proud mom to an adult son on the autism spectrum and founder of Geek Club Books, a creative autism nonprofit focused on innovative, entertaining autism storytelling to change perceptions and end the stigma. She works with a team of autistic adults who contribute to everything Geek Club Books creates. Join their Activate for Autism movement, where actors, authors, musicians, and advocates are taking action and activating their voices for autism acceptance and inclusion. Please welcome Jody Murphy. Welcome, Jody. Hi, glad to be here. Fantastic. We're so glad to have you. Um, as we do with all of our interviews, uh, let's start out with how you came to be involved in the autism community. Well, you uh, hinted to it in my bio. I am a proud mom of a son on the autism spectrum, and um, he's an adult now. And uh you know, when he was growing up, there weren't a lot of services or supports or really anything uh, for uh, people on the spectrum. And so we always used our creativity and I just really tapped into um, Jonathan's needs and, um, you know, tried to think creatively to help him at every stage of his development and help him thrive. And so um, that's really how I got started. And then um, I don't know if you want me to talk about how Geek Club Books came about. 
Yeah, please tell us how that all came to be, because I think that's part of your journey and be wonderful. Yeah, so uh, my son, Jonathan, is a, a professional voice actor, uh, and he... About a few years ago, he was really struggling. So as you can imagine, the autistic brain, um, you know, being somebody who is an actor um, and the autistic brain don't always um, mesh very well. Um, when you are an actor uh, and a voice actor, uh, auditions can come in uh, 12 hours before they're due. Um, you know, schedules change. You have to be able to pivot at any given time. And he was really struggling with that. Um, I come from a marketing and lifestyle journalism background, was working with clients, particularly in the interior design industry. And um, I left uh, all of my clients and Jonathan became my client. And I really tried to focus in on being that bridge between um, letting him do what he did best and then providing the support that he needed. Um, and part of that, I tried to think of ways that we could control uh, the process. And I thought, wouldn't it be great? Uh, Jonathan's had a very rich, colorful life and a rich, colorful imagination. And I thought, what if we could tell one of the stories of his, um, something that really happened to him in a, in a really unique way, and um, he could do all the voiceover work. And so uh, I commissioned my daughter, who is also a very creative person, and she wrote a children's story. And I found a technical team, and I also found a former Disney film illustrator and Jonathan, and we um, created our first autism story app. And it really was a children's story. And when you delve deeper, you would discover that this character was on the spectrum. So we released it as an app, and it became one of the top uh, downloads of all apps on World Autism Day. And we got such great feedback about it because we were doing something that nobody else was really doing. And so I personally realized that uh, I had a greater mission, that we could um, really be a part of the community and tell the stories of autism in these unique and engaging ways and really help people gain a deeper understanding of autism. So Geek Club Books was born and we became a nonprofit the end of 2014. What an amazing story about the origin of, of your organization. Um, can you define what you mean by storytelling um, and kind of elaborate on why it's been such an effective tool? Sure. I mean, you know, we all know that stories um are something that help you um, really connect with somebody. Um, you know, when you think about autism, uh, right now it's, you know, you think of that word, it's really nebulous. You don't understand it. You think it's a disease. Um, also because of autism's history, uh, people are afraid of the word. Um, parents, when their children are children are diagnosed. Um, they're very scared. 
And when you um, use stories, uh, well, research shows that narrative has a powerful impact on the brain and the actions that follow. So stories can elicit empathy and they can facilitate connection and they can affect change. So stories affect, um, they captivate our hearts and our minds and they really help us have a better understanding of a culture or a special population or the human condition. So what storytelling means to us is use, um, get the stories of people on the spectrum. Everybody has an interesting story to tell and get it out into the zeitgeist in unique and interesting ways. So for us, it's interactive comics or it's creating um, uh, essays and things on our blog that then go out um, on social media. It's using our comics as the basis for uh, assemblies. We just started going into classrooms and um, into schools and using our comic as a presentation and actually bringing two people on the spectrum who are the presenters. And you can't believe the reaction of the kids. It's just so empowering. So um, that's really why uh, we do what we do, because even our name, Geek Club Books, is all about just feeling empowered and feeling confidence in who we are and that uh, people do not need to fear autism and those on the autism spectrum should never be ashamed of who they are. Mm. Could not agree with you more. <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously. Um, when we you talk about storytelling, so how, how do um, autistic individuals take part in the, the telling of their own stories? Ah, well, they're the storytellers. And so what we do is um, we try to give people on the spectrum a voice and we try to help reflect their voice and their own way of expressing themselves. So it may be somebody who um, we have someone on our team who is a filmmaker and he does our webisodes that are aimed at teaching children about autism. And it's a webisode series called Blueby TV. And we give him the opportunity to he writes the scripts. He does all of the uh, filming. And he is the host of the show uh, and he gets paid for his work. Um, for others, we give them a bi-monthly column to be able to um, express their own journey in the way that um, they can best express it. Um, so, you know, my uh, background, like I said, in lifestyle journalism um, and I've always been somebody who um, has been a mentor to people. And I really try to just help um, autistic individuals, especially creative autistics, um, just be the best that they can be. 
It sounds like a really empowering approach to kind of offering um, a way to, to make individuals on the spectrum have their voices be heard. Um, can you tell us about some of the programs that you have going on at Geek Club Books? Well, I mentioned a couple. Um, we have the um, Blue Bee TV, the Autism Information Station, and those are a series of webisodes that are aimed at um, children that explain different topics about autism. And then we also provide an episode guide which has uh, resources, different reading material, and activities so it makes it easy for teachers to bring the topics of autism into the class. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we created two interactive comics and we turned those comics into what we call Autism EDU and we built um, curriculum and um, student handouts and PowerPoint presentations. And the intention is to make all of those tools available to everyone so they can download and use them and use them as kind of a framework for telling their own stories. Uh, part of that is we're slowly heading towards what we're calling our acceptance ambassador program. And that idea is that people can use our tools and go in to a classroom or a community meeting, um, Boy Scout, Girl Scout, and use it as a way to sort of introduce the topic of autism and then within that framework, tell their story. And then we do a lot of uh, public, what I like to call acceptance campaigns. And um, we just launched the Activate for Autism uh, campaign where we've brought together uh, voice actors, stage actors, some television actors, uh, children's authors, and most importantly, uh, some autistic advocates who are activating their voices and doing uh, videos that are talking about um, autism. And, and then we commissioned Rebecca Burgess, who is a comic artist in the UK. Um, she's also on the spectrum, who did a, um, com a special comic for us that features several quotes from some of our um, autistic contributors. Uh, we've got two quotes from Becca that mm. have been turned into that, into the comic. And lastly, we have what we call the pen friend project. Did I mention that already? Mm -mm. I don't think so. Okay. So the pen friend project is where we give uh, some autistic writers a monthly column, the monthly byline, where they uh, once a month submit an essay, um, or it could be a, a video essay, and uh, on a certain topic, something that they're thinking about. And again, I think I mentioned it earlier, it just really helps when you hear from someone month in and month out, you really kind of get to know them and you really connect on a deeper level to the autism experience. 
Well, I think that the programs that you run out of Recode Books are amazing. I love that there are free tools available to people. Um, but my favorite thing that you're doing right now is the Activated for Autism um, launch that you did this past week. And I would love to talk some more about it and how to get people involved. I would love for people to get involved. So again, we created this framework uh, where people um, submitted their videos. And if people go to geekclubbooks.com forward slash activate the number four autism, you can actually see the um, campaign page and you can see the videos. And then if you go down, you can click on the on two buttons and grab the comics. Uh, and then if you click on be an activator, uh, we've set up a page that steps people through different things that they can do so that we can hear their voice. So, for example, I created a couple hashtag posters and we would just love for people to download that and do a selfie video, um, upload it onto YouTube and do a hashtag activate for autism and we'll see it and we'll share it and we'll add it to our playlist. Um, there's just a lot of different ways that they can get involved by going to that be an activator page. Um, and we, you know, if somebody has something that um, that they'd like to say, we, you know, we'd love to hear it. Just email us and we'll, um, you know, we'll just make sure that it gets it gets out to people. So the idea is that we also with this campaign want to get outside of our um, autism bubble, meaning that all of us in the community know how awesome um, people on the spectrum are. And we're trying to get out and, and reach new audiences. So I have um, a fan con that is one of our partners, and they're one of the first fan cons that at the core of their mission is inclusion. And they are getting Activate to Autism, Activate for Autism out to all of their fans. And um, so that's one of the things that we're trying to do is to kind of get out, like I said, into pop culture and really get people to take notice that, um, you know, there's some really awesome people here that that they really need to listen to. Well, that is my favorite thing. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that because I think it's such a great idea. I love that people can just up and get involved by going to the website and checking it out and saying, yeah, you know what? I want people to know my voice is out there and I, I do support it. And I, I think it's fantastic. And I did my little video. So you guys should go and do yours. It's really yeah. fun. <laughs> well, and you know, what's, what's really cool, uh, Becca, is that when I asked, you know, the um, have some voice people like the um, two who were in the Walking Dead video, um, a woman who is, oh, she's done hundreds of voices on cartoons. Uh, one of Jonathan's favorite, Disney Afternoon, you know, gummy bears and all of that. Um, Christopher Gorham, the actor who was in. Uh, COVID Affairs and Ugly Betty, um, uh, you know, just I, I approached them and they they didn't hesitate to say yes. They just really thought 
what a great idea to be a part of something that is really, um, you know, mixing these voices and saying, you know, hear all of our voices mm. and um, getting it out into their social networks. Yeah. All right. Well, please, can you tell our listeners how it is that they can get in touch with you, how they can find more about Geek Club Books, how they can get involved and activate autism? Where can they go? So go to geekclubbooks.com. You can find us on, we have a very active Facebook page, which is Geek Club Books. Uh, We're on Twitter, Geek Club Books. We're on Instagram now, which is Activate for Autism is our Instagram handle. Um, And then if you go to geekclubbooks.com forward slash activate, the number four autism, that'll take you directly to the Activate for Autism campaign. Fantastic. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. I know you can't stick around for this segment, but everybody, please go and check out geekclubbooks.com. You can read some really great blogs. You can get some great free resources. You can become a part of the programs and you can start getting involved in the community, too. Uh, thank yeah, you so and that's much. what I would I would say, Becca, too, is that for the people who um, who would like to be contributors, um the best thing to do would be to get on our mailing list and you go to our website, you know, a pop-up menu will uh, come up and sign up for our email list. And that is the best way to hear about any future opportunities. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure hearing about the amazing work that you're doing to make sure that, um, the voices are being heard and, and disseminated, not just within the community. Well, thanks so much, guys. It's been an honor to be here. All right. Well, that was a really amazing interview. I think we should go ahead and move on to our segment because it leads us right into continuing the conversation we were having with Jody. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the personal value of storytelling uh, in life and in practice um, and the challenges that it sometimes uh, presents for someone on the spectrum. Um, And maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the more important stories in our lives. Yeah, I mean, I think for me as a clinician, I kind of view storytelling in a few different ways. I mean, I think for many people, um, on the spectrum, when they finally have an opportunity to, to tell their story, um, it can it can be a really validating and powerful and empowering experience um, to be able to to kind of have the language to describe the narrative of of their life experiences. Um, and I think for a lot of individuals. Um, you know, part of that process evolves, like once there's a diagnosis and once they kind of have like a sense of the fact that there's a community and there's people they can connect with um, and help to kind of be oriented to like the language of the community, which can kind of provide a framework for telling their stories. Um, I mean, I, I think from a clinical perspective in terms of like the therapeutic value of storytelling, I certainly have observed that over the years. And that's just one component of it. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, the, the storytelling is essential. I mean, it is uh, there's really no other way, I don't think right now for the adult autistics that are alive at this moment to kind of capture what their experience was like um, when the when it was newer when autism you know wasn't a word that everybody knew when um, 
many of us were walking around undiagnosed, but still having the challenges that um, the diagnosed kids have today. They were just called something different or um, the experiences were slightly different. The technology wasn't the same. So the social challenges were different. Um, and I think if we don't take the time to hear those stories, much like any other version of storytelling from the ancient Greeks to anybody else, you know, that's our history. Um, and so it's important, I think, from from that perspective, too, to make sure that we get our stories down. Yeah, I mean, I also think that the more um, adults have been telling their stories, um, you know, the more it has informed um, kind of what we've done clinically, but also really in the research. And I think if it hadn't been for so many women coming out and telling their stories of what it's meant to them to be a person on the spectrum, you know, we wouldn't finally be kind of observing the shift in research where we're finally taking a look at, okay, well, what are the gender differences in autism? And are we misunderstanding autism in women? And are we perhaps not capturing them um, diagnostically because our primary research sample for understanding autism has been males and not females? Um, and so I think that, you know, that is the result of storytelling. And I think if, if anything can really speak to the power and the value of telling those stories, um, you know, the fact that it's working now in reverse and influencing the research appropriately, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's really a testament to that. Yeah. And I think but I think also there's the other side of it, which is that because there are so many strong clinicians out now and because we have um the, the researchers, I think, are, are much more so, I feel like, than almost any other component. They are so intently geared on as much as they can trying to focus on the, the issues that the community finds important um, within the context that they're having to do. And so because that um, our stories have been validated on the other side by clinicians, by researchers, it then has the back kick effect of saying, OK, it's OK to keep telling my stories. Um, and it's okay to disclose and it's okay to be living openly autistic and it's okay, you know, all of those things um, help build our self-esteem and it helps keep keep that all going and the information coming because I think when the stigma was around, you know, you might not have been so keen to tell your story, whether or not it had value. Um, but now, it, you know, we're, we're creating a safer space to do that um, mm-hmm. and, and that's allowing the information sharing, which has been so important for our community. Um, and I think too, like, you know, I look, I look also at it in, in terms of, you know, a lifespan approach to, to storytelling, because, you know, I always, I, when I speak first parents, the one thing that I hear over and over is, you know, I never was able to picture my child as an adult until just now, until I saw you. And, and it's like, oh, well, you know, if there aren't stories of adult autistics out there, if there aren't um, stories of all of the, the different components and challenges and makeups of all of the things that are happening for people on the spectrum, um, then everyone else can't kind of picture their future um, or know what's coming ahead or kind of prepare themselves. And so, you know, there, you know, those of us that have stepped first need to keep telling because there are people coming behind us. You know, I go. I can present every day if I wanted to. And every time I speak, there'll be somebody who just got a diagnosis in the audience. So Mm -hmm. that information that I'm sharing with them is brand new to them. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if I can tell a story well, whether it's in person, if I can write it down, if I can get my information out there, um, there's somebody else who needs to hear it in whatever way it is that, you know, strikes them. So everybody can tell their story. But, you know, when you hear it from the right person using the right words, it means something different to you. Yeah, well, and I think that the other thing, you know, that I've observed um, is so many people um, kind of, especially women, are really seeking a diagnosis because of the stories that they hear. 
And they're, you know, they're, they're either finding these stories online or they're, you know, attending different things and kind of coming across the stories of adults on the spectrum. And then they're kind of saying, wow, that really sounds like me. Or wow, I've really had a lot of similar struggles. Um, and then, so I think, you know, to kind of further support and validate and encourage people to share their stories is it's really important because without those things, I, I think there's so many people that this message wouldn't be reaching um, on, on in terms of just everyday life for individuals out there in the world who are not yet a part of the community. And it's those stories that are helping to make that happen. Yeah. And I think, well, we did say that we were going to talk about um, some of the challenges that this presents for people on the spectrum. And I think I started to touch on it a little bit, but I think one of the things that um, kind of is in that mix is how openly do you want to live? How much of your privacy do you want to give up? How um, how many people do you want to know? I mean, I remember very early on after my diagnosis, it was a very big, one of my big hurdles was um, how do I tell people? Should I tell people? How many people should I tell? How do I want to, you know, go, go about um, living this new autistic life and how do I want to, you know, approach the whole topic? Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of some for me, many of that, many of those visions and thoughts and things came as a process through writing. I kind of came to it and through all my different speaking engagements, I sort of came to an understanding about how I felt about that. But um, it was it sort of it was an, a really important part of um, coming to terms with my diagnosis was figuring out how I was going to um how openly I wanted to live about it. Mm -hmm. um, and because it does mean for me that I've given up a lot of my privacy. I do have boundaries that I've set for myself in terms of what I'll share, but I've pretty much dedicated myself to sharing everything so that um, I do leave stories behind, um, mm -hmm. that there is, is some kind of record for people. Um, and so, and I know I do that only with confidence because of the storytellers that came before me. And I continue to do it for hopes that there will be storytellers after me. Um, so I think that those that's really um, an important piece of it. Um, but I do also appreciate the clinical side and I appreciate the clinical stories that I get to hear because um, a lot of times and I'll say it to you sometimes, too, in our conversations, I'll say, well, I don't know if there's a clinical term for this particular thing, but I have <laughs> this issue. I don't know what you want to call it. Right. Like what yeah. is the word word for that. And so I see that to you all the time because, you know, that that language and having the particular words to describe your experience is also something that came after diagnosis is, you know, suddenly experiences that we were having had names so I could describe them and, and going through that process. And so some of that came from reading the stories before me, like, hey, that happens to me, too. So that's not just a, a Becca thing. That's a thing thing. You right. Know? Well, and, and I talk a lot about kind of like, um, you know, part of the value of getting a diagnosis at any age is about kind of gaining that vocabulary um, to be able to kind of capture the experience. And you, and for some, I think, you know, Becca, you have a lot of verbal strengths. And so you are able to kind of put it in two words, even if you don't know if there's a term for it. And I don't know that everyone's able to do that in the same way. Um, and so for many individuals, it's kind of going through the process and then once they've gone through this process and they've gained this vocabulary, they're then able to tell this story or provide kind of a, a more structured version of a narrative mm -hmm. because they've gone through the process of kind of understanding themselves. And it's a really um, and part of the reason I do I am very um, 
thankful and grateful for my verbal skills. It is the thing, my skill set, my strength that I rely on probably the most. And it, it, that was the most frustrating because it is a strength. It was so mm-hmm. frustrating to not have the words. Mm-hmm. To to be um, forced to say things like I'm just so weird, right? I had to give myself negative adjectives because I didn't have anything right. else, you know, like I didn't I didn't have another way to look at it, and then that becomes the negative self talk. So being deprived mm-hmm. of the descriptive language of what's going on for you or a common experience uh, amongst other autistics um, is it's sort of you're living without a piece of yourself. And so um, I I think that the language piece is so important. You know, I I would never be able to say to somebody, um, meltdowns are exhausting and they feel horrible if I didn't have the word meltdown in my vocabulary. And until six years ago, I didn't have that word. Until I got I didn't have a description for it. I was just the crazy raving lunatic. That's what that episode was called. You know, there wasn't right. Or, or like I've had, you know, other individuals I work with and and they'll be like, oh, my sister or my family, you know, they tell me I'm so weird Mm -hmm. and they don't understand how I don't get it. And as soon as I can kind of put it in the framework of, of, well, you know, there's certain difficulties with perspective taking that you're experiencing. And it's like this word perspective taking this concept kind of opens up. It's like the key that unlocks like oh, this is my framework for understanding why this thing is difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then you can say, well, that doesn't just happen to me in this situation with my sister. It happens, you know, in other places. And and that is, um, I think that that is the beginning of the storytelling, because in you can you can stories serve a purpose. Um, they prove, they, they kind of prove a point or they, they emphasize something that you want to make. They, they kind of get you where you're going. And so if I want to talk about perspective taking, perspective taking alone is sort of a boring mishmash topic. Mm-hmm. But if I tell it to you with a story in which perspective taking was keenly important and I did not have it, um, <laughs> or I had it and lucky me, um, you know, those are, those are the stories that people um, can then put into context the, the mm-hmm. language that we're talking about like you know here's a story of, of of somebody's life and here's what what happened to them and when we talk about it in clinical language we call it perspective taking <laughs> you know right, and it, right. because alone they don't they don't stand but together it's a really strong kind of uh, understanding of what somebody's experience is like so we need the stories you need the anecdotes to go along with that um so i, I think it's an, an extremely important part of our community and it certainly i think like many histories of communities, the the storytelling is sort of the way we we chronicled everything mm-hmm. that was going on, and so um, they're important to go back to to the older stories because you can hear the patterns repeating themselves over time. They're just with different words and different voices, so it's fascinating to me. I feel like you and I could both continue on. I know. This topic I feel like quite that, some time. <laughs> I was just about to wrap us up because I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna talk for half an hour all by ourselves about mm-hmm. <laughs> storytelling. Um, but I, but that, I yeah. we can't do that. Nope. So, and this is a conversation to be tabled and maybe revisited at a later date. I think so. So we'll wrap it up for today. And please make sure that you go and check out Jody Murphy and Geek Club Books at geekclubbooks.com try and activate your voice for autism it's really fun take a look at the videos and be sure to check out differentbrains.org and check out their twitter at diffbrains and look for them on facebook and if you're looking for me you can find me at www.beccalaurie.com or you can look for me on facebook and linkedin 
and I can be found via email at drcody at spectrumpsychservices.com or on my website, www.spectrumpsychservices.com. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes and don't hesitate to send questions to spectrumlyspeaking at gmail.com. And let's keep the conversation going. Spectrumly Speaking is a production of Different Brains. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.